Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And this morning you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful co-host, Danuta. Danuta, how are you doing Good this morning? Good morning. I'm really great. Great to be back once again. Yeah, no, we love having you in the studio. Love having you join us, although it's more sporadically at the moment, you know, it just is, it here is. and there. I've got to ask you, how are your, your, I wouldn't, I don't know if I wasn't going to say international. I was going to say national, but then I was thinking like, it's a bit more into, not, it's not even interstate. It's just <laughs> it's state, state. It's just state. How are your My state stately, role? your stately exploits going? You know, <laughs> your gallivanting here and there and whatnot. So let's explain to our listeners, yes, so for the last few months I've been in a new role Mm -hmm. um, and I was still doing Faith FM at the time while I was in the new role last Mm -hmm. year. Uh, Yeah, so being a pastor to the pastors, going around the state, so going right out west to Burke where we used Mm. to live, going up north, you know, to Tweed Heads, out all that way. Haven't been out that way yet um, this year, but Mm. we'll be going out that way. So, yeah, just supporting the pastors, loving the new role, loving it, loving it. Oh, praise God. Yeah, and still still doing the Aboriginal work with my husband as well, enjoying that, as well as doing Hillview Church So as a pastor. Oh, man, you got got lots going on. Yeah, but God is good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, shout out uh, at Sim and the amazing things that are happening in yeah. that space. Yeah, Aboriginal Ministries, that's yeah. right. So, Exciting stuff, actually. Sometime it'd be great to get Keith on because he can share what's happening out there. Yeah, absolutely. In the communities, there's some really exciting things starting to happen. Pulling up my calendar now. Okay, where, where have we got free interview <laughs> spaces? <laughs> hey, oh, man. Look out, he'll go like, you dodged me in already. So, that's, but anyway, that's dude, all that's good. That's awesome to hear. I have and my, you, how are you? I have my first classes today. Um, today? Yeah, so like classes started this week. I don't have have anything on Tuesday though. Tuesday's free. This Wednesday morning, as soon as we finish up here, I'm going to pick up my laptop. I'm going to walk up to the white building of Avondale University and I'm going to walk like into my house. I'm going to walk into my Greek <laughs> class and then Greek. And then there oh, we go. Good so, what well, coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking about the power of love. We're mm. also going to be talking about international ministries and persecution. We are going to be doing an interview with Jennifer Skews, our resident oh, mental health fabulous. expert. Love her stuff. And also, we are going to be picking up in the Psalms, looking at how the Psalms reflect the Messiah and even prophesy. You're him. listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Danuta, give us our first quiz question. Our first one for today is: He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the blank. Blank, blank. It is blank, blank. Yes. Okay. And so we want you to fill in the words. So text us in your answer on 0491064669. That question again. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the blank, blank. That's a, it's actually Beautiful a fairly psalm. well known, yeah. yes, fairly well known psalm. It's mm. used a lot on different occasions. I won't say which one particularly oh, is yeah, used yeah. on, but mm. uh, just really good. I know that one in Polish too, but anyway. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, give it, could you read this in Polish? No, no, because I need to kind of get Start the from, the from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, same vibe, same vibe. <laughs> but I'm vibes. happy to give it at the end when yeah, we give answers okay, if okay. you want some of that. So. Hey, 0491 is the number to text. Our prize for this week is a fantastic prize because it is – an amazing, well, a set of books, I should say. Two books here. We've got God With Us and God For Us by James W. Gilly. Now, both of these are basically commentaries on the book of John and how they reflect that the Son of God, you know, in God incarnate. Fabulous. With name. life unborrowed. 
You know, in and of himself, came down as a human being. He lived, he died, he interacted with humanity. He lived the human experience uh, to bring us salvation and how he knows us because no, of this. 0491064669 is the number to text. These are books you want that will be uplifting to the soul. And again, that question was... He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the blank, blank, 0491-064-669. And the interesting thing is I love that whole thing of God with us and mm. God for us because the thing is it's an incredible mystery, isn't it? Uh, yeah. A- incredible mystery, but on top of that, it's a real reality. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be a complete mystery. We accept yep. it simply by faith. Yeah. Um, yeah, we accept it by faith. Like, and I love it. it too. Like that idea of of faith there, because we've got all the evidence archaeologically and biv- biblically to know that Jesus existed and to do the things that he did. But furthermore, it's the faith to to see that this person was unlike any person who ever lived or existed. He did things that were different to anyone who mm. ever lived. And this represents, you know, as Jesus says, oh. "Show me the Father." It's like if you've seen me. You've seen the he who has seen me has seen the Father. Absolutely love Beautiful. that. And I love the book of John. That's my favorite book. I've said yeah. it so many times on Faith yeah. FM. Um, okay, Nikita here. I just want to say hi to Nikita today. Oh, of course. Producer of course. Nikita. Producer Nikita's on with producer Shell today. Hi, Nikita. Morning. Yeah, you're doing a fabulous job there. Hey. Thank you very much. Yeah, what do you yeah. want your like producer name to be? Do you want to be like DJ Nikki or, like, <laughs> or, or um, I guess you'll have to figure out a name eventually every yeah. time. Yeah, we I, like nicknames here a little bit. Yeah, don't we? yeah. Yes. Well, because we've got we got DJ Rach who's you know learning and filling in as well. We've got producer Shell. Producer Shell is just classic. I think Monica would call classic. you DJ Shell. I don't, I don't I don't know if I see you that way. I, I'm like you're more of a producer. You're like, you're like a level up. Like because we've got the DJs. We got like yes. Nikita, Rachel, and whatnot, and then it's producer Shell, Pete, Pete right. as well, DJ Pete. Yeah. Yep. Getting it done. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Ah, uh, well, I love this story because it's about the power of love. And you're going like, what? Okay, where What kind of love are we talking we talking about? Romantic going? love? We're talking about well, we're actually, love? We're actually talking about people that love to give hugs, but they're not just any people. They're actually volunteers uh-huh. that are actually in a hospital who are hugging premature babies. Right? Okay. So there's, it's in Argent. Yeah, yeah, Nikita's hand is up and I went like, on the I this, volunteer. I thought, that would be me. Cause I know when I was younger, I wanted to go, go to an orphanage overseas. It mm. never quite happened for me. And part of the reason I didn't go is I thought I'd be wanting to bring all those babies back with me. Like, yep. you know, and so it's like, which one do you choose? But anyway, you know. <laughs> Good thing there was no baby theft that took no, place. Praise no God. Baby theft. Yeah. That's it. So in a hospital in, um, in Cordoba, which is a, mm. a city in Argentina, this is where it's actually happening. And it was actually initiated first in Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's for premature babies who are needing to be incubated for a, peri- a, a fair p- mm. period of time and where the parents are working or the parents, uh, or there's, there's problems, you know, with the parents either being on drugs or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole range of things. We know, um, alcohol syndrome, um, alcohol fetal syndrome is something that is quite common as well too that can make, um, have, you know, that children can be born prematurely. There's a whole gamut of reasons and there's a whole gamut of reasons 
reasons as to why the parents might not be able to uh, be there to actually touch their children. Mm. And so this hospital in Cordoba has actually taken on 50 volunteers and yeah, there is wow. a waiting list. The interesting thing is, I love this, there's 49 women and one man and they actually write here, you know, in the Good News Network, they say, go on, son, like, go, man. Yeah, that's so good that there's one man in there, which is fantastic. But there's a waiting list even of those that are actually um, waiting to be volunteers. Um, so there's about 5,200 babies born in the hospital every year that we actually require the stay and about 15% of them actually needing to be hugged for some reason or another. Mm. In other words, you know, because their parents can't be around, others are getting their hugs. Now, what's the importance of hugs? Here's the thing. You know, scientific literature does actually say that children need to be bonded to their parents um, very closely. Like if you've ever watched, um, you know, the shows where actually the babies are born. I know last year there was some series even in the evenings mm. on I think Channel 9 or Channel 7 where they actually showed the birth of babies. And, of course, the immediate thing is that they want to try and put it straight to the breast of the mother. Yeah. Okay, skin to skin. And touch is really important for babies especially. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, I remember when I was a speech pathologist, one of the things that – and even past that because this really fascinated me. But children that are actually put into orphanages where there's large numbers and they're actually not being lifted out of their cots and not actually touched and hugged in the first three years mm. have got – um, major problems into life, okay? They've got the whole um, uh, abandonment um, um, problems and things like that as well. But yeah. psychologically it affects them. So we were yeah. born to be touched, not right? A, not just psychologically but physiologically as well. My mind immediately goes to the Fredericks experiment. Have you heard of that before? Yeah. Yeah. Where the, all the babies passed away because yeah, they, were, they weren't touched. Like It was like, oh, if, if we don't touch these babies or interact with them, we just like change the nappies and make sure they're fed. Yeah. Like, will it's they, not, will they be okay? And they all died. Absolutely. They all died. And so a physical, the physical side is impacted and then the psychological through that. And I think it's a cycle. Like, mm. it's not one thing. It's a cycle with that. Mm. Uh, the head of maternity, um, de- the de- maternity department there says that, you know, the interesting thing is that, you know, it's this, this human-centeredness in the hospital is really important for mm. these children. And um, so, so what's the importance of hugging? Um, not only is there the scientific evidence that actually shows that cuddling and everything um, speeds up and promotes their protection and growth, but overall it actually helps their neurological development, mm. so in every way. Um, you know, And neurologically, if they're not developing, they won't be able to sit, crawl, walk, um, speech, you know, I think straight of the speech side of things mm. being affected and so many other areas, their fine motor skill, skills and their gross motor skills. Mm. When they're hugged, it actually also helps them gain weight because they're being loved. Oh, okay? that's awesome. Now, babies need to do that. When yeah. you get to my age, you don't need to do uh, yeah. that. Agreed. But when you, when you're even at my age, you know, I know we're not, we're not too far <laughs> apart in age, but even at my age. But yeah, right. So, but babies do need to gain weight, of course, regularly, and it's really important. It helps mm. them to adjust to the world, it helps them to sleep better, and it um, and it stops them consuming their own energy for survival, mm. which is I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, wow. You know, so it helps them helps them in the it's a survival mechanism. So yeah, they actually stop consuming their own energy when they're actually being mm. touched in every way. And I thought what a fantastic picture of love that actually showed there um, mm. that you know they're over. 
overall focus in not, is on human centeredness and yeah. and I just thought here what we're seeing is the whole power of love that we mm. actually see and my mind went to the fact that you know in the Bible and there's so many passages that point to this but you know my mind particularly went to first John um, chapter 4 verse 16 that says and we have known and beloved the love that God has for us God is love and he who abides in love abides in God mm. and God in him and of course the other verse that's really commonly known um, is John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and when we think of these children they won't perish because they're being hugged Mm. in every way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joined by myself, Lawson, got Danuta in the studio as well, doing a fantastic job joining us, you know, okay, occasionally. You know, we'd love to see more of you, but yeah, <laughs> get in when you can. And we're grateful I'm sure for she's going to try and book me in at the end of today for another yeah. time already knowing her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get into our next quiz question. Our next quiz question is a multiple choice one. To whom was the promised land originally promised? Was it A, Abraham, B, Isaac, or C, Jacob, all fabulous names, mm. all fabulous names. Okay, so to whom was the promised land originally promised? Was it A, Abraham, B, Isaac, or C, J, or C, Jacob? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's in- a cool nickname. You know? C, J? C, C, J, yeah. Yeah, what, what do you like for your nickname? Me? Yep. Oh, uh, some people call me Lawso. Lawsy, so yeah, Lawsy yes. is that's what my sisters call me. That's like, oh, yeah, little Lawsy. Yeah, I've told you my nickname. Hey, Nooch. Yeah, yeah. I said yeah. people think of Pooch and make it Nooch. They ah, always like that. That's nice. a good way to remember. Hey, anyway, again, multiple choice. To whom was the promised land originally promised? Was it A. Abraham, B. Isaac, or C. Jacob? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Text us in your answer, and you'll go in the draw. That happens at quarter to nine on Friday. You can win two books, God yeah. with us, according to the book of John, mm. and of course, God for us. And you know, John one one says, "Word became um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Mm. And then verse fourteen says, "And the Word became flesh," pointing mm. to Jesus, of course. Fabulous thing that Jesus yeah. came as a human being was still divine as well. For, for centuries, mm. there was this, yeah, people were trying to work out was he divine or was he just human or was he both mm. thankfully he was both without yeah. him being both we could not be saved absolutely yeah mm. god for us jesus dying for us powerful stuff these are books that you absolutely want again that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. was it a abraham b isaac or c jacob whom god promised originally uh to give the you know the, the Holy Land. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff. Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And as I said in the intro, we're going to talk about international ministry and persecution. Mm. I'm going to begin in Nicaragua. Uh, in Nicaragua, uh, there we've done some profiles of the area, myself and Lyle Southwell, when he joined us briefly at the beginning of the year, because there was a lot of persecution happening in Nicaragua towards mm. the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason was because you've got a president there who who sees religion as a threat to his to his reign, and he sees the Catholic Church as an institution which can, you know, collude against him. And so there were lots of uh, threats of money laundering coming through, mm. with very much like the heavy overtones of like, yeah, just just blatant persecution. You know, they've 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 done. Uh, 
investigations and whatnot into it, and they haven't found any evidence of money laundering within the, the Catholic Church. And it's not that uh, churches haven't been involved in this kind of thing before, mm. and and particularly in you know South America and these areas, it's, it's not as though the, the Catholic Church has been had a spotless record of mm. of uh, yeah. You know, whether it's monetarily or abuse-wise or whatever it may be. But, and that can happen in any denomination yeah, as yeah, well. Absolutely. But, but it sounds like it, this is a power thing with the the king. When that's he, right. Yeah. yeah, the current president there, he feels, you know, threatened by it as an organization and so really attacking it. Now, furthermore, he has uh, also started to persecute evangelical uh, pastors and traditions as well. So mm. like non, non-Catholic So right across traditions. the board now. Yeah, that's right. And the biggest instance of that is in particular, uh, there is a, you know, American missionary and evangelist who heads over there from, you know, from America. Um, he has set up a ministry there and he's got pastors working for him over there. His name's Britt Hancock. And now I don't know about this person's ministry. I don't know, you know, like, uh, I don't know how valid or biblical or whatever it may be. And I don't, I don't want to here and just like criticize for the mm. sake of criticizing. Um, I'm not saying, oh yeah, this person's doing it right, but they are carrying out evangelism, you know, for the sake of the Bible and of the gospel. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you know, sweet. Like they're they they are freely, you know, as they should be, you know, freely sharing the Bible and the gospel with people. Um, and now they are being persecuted, and they've actually approached the the U.S. government in Washington D.C. for help because the pastors who were over there in Nicaragua are just being thrown in jail, like left, right, and center for literally nothing it's again it's the same that reminds me very much of the paul story too yeah, doesn't that's it right. hey it's in the bible that's very much the same story like they're being thrown in jail for money laundering mm. um even though again like this is the same tactic they used against the catholic church so you know and again like not like the, these institutions the catholic church and evangelical churches have like nothing to do with each other like they're not connected no, in, not at all. in in any way uh, yet every church in nicaragua apparently is money laundering and oh the, wow uh, like at least according to the president there according yeah well yeah yeah so they're really getting on these guys 11 pastors have been jailed so far and including even them like their families have so been thrown me, into... So tell me, is there any facts? Or is, I mean, the president's saying they've done that, but is there any proof of the fact that that's happening? Um, you know, not really. Not, like, not really. Right. Like, there's no, there's been nothing presented in the research that I've done on this particular instance in Nicaragua over the last couple of months. Uh, they, they, they will say, like, oh, you know, they are... Because obviously, like, in, in most country, t- churches are untaxed. Uh, but, yeah, for some reason, there's just, like, heightened pressure of auditing and whatnot on on these churches. And and they're not even necessarily finding anything. It's just, hey, look, uh, we suspect you for money laundering, therefore you're going to get chucked in jail. And it it is really due to evangelistic efforts and trying to win people to the truth. And they will counter, you know, because they're winning people to the truth, Daniel Ortega, the, the president, of Nicaragua running the country under a like authoritarian rule, like as a dictatorship, he will feel threatened by that. The gospel mm. is always threatening always to dictatorships. Threatening. And so, yeah, it's, it's just sad to see. Now, this is an unfortunate story because it's like, okay, yeah, like a, a, a government persecuting Christians, even though they're, you know, they're not guilty. Um, a lot of that is happening in India as well. But the unfortunate reason that it's happening in India is, I think, more so a reflection of the past of Christianity. Um, and that is that, like, India 
has in a number of states, about 10 states um, up to 2023, uh, 10 states of India have anti-conversion laws. Um, mm. And if you try to proselytize mm-hmm. uh, and bring people into your particular religious faith, they will lay the hammer down. Now, there is a heightened focus on Christianity and especially like evangelical Christianity over there. Um, you know, um, the American brand of Christianity in India is really scrutinized. And this is because throughout the 80s and the 90s, there are a number of prominent American pastors who went over to India and basically they, they basically committed fraud. Like they went to India with suitcases of money, gave like beggars and whatnot a dollar to jump in baptismal fonts and baptize them to then come back to America saying, we baptize 40,000 people, give us more money, like raising more money to do mission uh, over there, but ultimately really just serving the benefits of the pastor. And, and the that's really sad, isn't it? The past, you know, the mm. picture that is painted to picture by somebody at some stage will impact what their view is of Christianity, of God, of pastors, of churches in the future. Yeah, that's right. Which is really sad with what, with what you're describing there of what's actually happened. And now, and I, it doesn't mean that that's happening now necessarily, yeah. but they're going, this is what's happened in the past. This is the picture we've mm. got of that. And this, yes. therefore, you are bundled into this same package. Yeah. And it's ultimately, it's, it's misrepresenting God in, in a terrible way. Oh, terrible way. And so now, like a particular instance has come up. Uh, uh, two men, aged six, 63, 64, I should say, and 73, um, they stayed at the Baptist Mission Hospital and they they're like participating in medical missionary work. In my opinion, if you do medical missionary work, if you like take someone off the streets and like help their wounds and like help them, you know, whether it's help them see or, you know, whatever is involved in medical missionary work, you have the right to preach the gospel to those people. Mm. Like you have given them free medical care. Mm. And in this case, in this Bash- mm. Baptist mission hospital in India, there were these two tourists who were there, a part of the mission work, and they're, they were preaching there. They're, they've now been like fined and charged and they're like, criminals in India because they have participated in illegally preaching and converting people. And again, like this scrutiny towards this, you you can convert in Mm. India, but it has to be approved by a local magistrate and needs to be based on a case-by-case basis. And that conversion can be denied. You you could be denied your conversion legally. Mm. Uh, Like, so, but even the attempt to preach. Now, there is Mm. no necessarily, like, there's no evidence that there were people that they were, like, forcefully converting people or anything like that. They were just preaching the gospel, yet they've been tried as criminals who are falsely converting people, when in reality, they're literally, like, healing the wounds of Mm. the sick and helping people in dire and desperate need. Bro, you have the right to preach the gospel if you're going to help people medically. Like, so, yeah, this is really sad to see and it's definitely something to pray for our worldwide missionary efforts. Absolutely. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now we are going to have our next quiz question. Okay, our next one is before Jesus was born, in what town did Mary the mother of Jesus live? That one most people might know because it's always surrounding a Christmas story. That's right. 
That's yeah. right. If you know the answer, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. And if you answer that question correctly, you go into the draw to win God with us and God for us by James W. Gilly. Fantastic books again. That number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. The question again: Before Jesus was born, in what town did Mary, the mother of Jesus, live? Text us in on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Amazing stuff there on the phone we have one of our favorite regular interviews none other than jennifer skews our mental health expert jennifer how are you doing today i'm doing very well thank you it's Praise another God. beautiful day yeah what 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 do, you, what do you start your day off with I, i'm wondering do you wake up like just before you get on faith fm or are you like an early riser you getting into your routine and whatnot Right. Well, um, this morning, because we started on talking about trust last week, and uh, so we're going to continue on with looking at trust. So Amazing. Yeah. The question is, if trust is broken, how can you rebuild that trust again? That is a really, really fantastic oh, question. Good yeah. one. That's a good question. It's <laughs> a very good one. I, yeah. I, I'm wondering, Danuta, have you been through moments where your trust has been broken? Probably, oh, right? oh, yeah. I think all of us have it at mm. some point. You know, it's hardest when you're a child and you first experience it. I think mm-hmm. it, it hits you really hard, doesn't it? When you get older, you, you kind of get used to knowing that there's some punches that will come your way. But I think what's worse is if we break the trust to somebody else. I think that's, yes. that's a real key one. So, so yes. where we, where we, what have you got for us with that one today? Well, it, it works both ways. We can break someone's trust and someone can break our trust. Mm. And I get the effects and we talked last week about uh, you know trust and what happens and that it's an important factor if we can't trust someone then we feel abandoned rejected uh, shut out yeah and I think the ultimate is in childhood trusting parents mm. and children are very trusting mm. and uh, often we trust as children when maybe we we shouldn't or we don't see the signs. So I guess when you look at it, um, you've got to know if to rebuild trust, we have to know if someone is trustworthy. Mm. So how do you know someone is trustworthy? Mm. Yeah. Oh, this is a fantastic question. I think like my biggest thing is like experience with mm-hmm. the person, like mm-hmm. giving that person time and kind of observing whether their words line up with their actions. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The principle of actions speak louder than words. Mm. So when you come back to the question, if trust is broken, how can you rebuild that trust again? It's one, instead of, because in, we internalise, once trust mm. is broken, we go into our pain and our feelings of abandonment, rejection, sadness or whatever. We can even get quite depressed if we're very mm. close to that person. Yeah. So um, you, you've got to start looking out and not in. You can still be hurting, but you go, okay, well, let's have a look. They, uh, and I guess the thing is, are they remorseful? Mm. You know, when you, to rebuild trust, we want to know, like I'm so, if I break trust, I'm so sorry, you know, and how can I show that remorse? Um, and you, you know, by the tone of voice and, you know, the, their non-verbals when you're with that person, you get to see it. They really are sorry for what they did. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, but then you've got to learn to trust because people we're not perfect. I make mistakes, and it's usually your mistakes that can be hurtful to others, and yeah. um, and especially because it comes back to their expectations mm. of you. 
they expect a lot and you break that expectation they can't trust. So mm. the actions are very important. In the Bible it says by their fruit you will know them. Mm. So it's uh, looking at how they treat you, how they're reacting, um, how they treat others. So if you Mm. don't know them very well, because that's the other one, how do I know if I can trust that person? Mm. And getting to know someone and how they talk about their family and their friends Mm. and how they treat other people, you can estimate um, that that trust. But trust is always a risk because Mm. we're not perfect. Mm. We make mistakes. And I think when you have a relationship, you have to allow for those mistakes and not take it personally and break trust, Mm. you know, and think, well, that's it, I can't trust them. So you have to look for things that show, and that means you've got to verbalise. If the trust is broken and you want to rebuild that relationship, then you need to set what we call healthy boundaries. Jennifer, I'm just wondering too, before you go on to the boundaries, my Mm -hmm. my mind's going to the fact that sometimes, you know, people – People actually have, because of their past experiences, yes, that will actually take their mind somewhere on a certain situation, but it doesn't mean that somebody has actually broken the trust towards them, but they've seen it as that themselves. Mm. What, What have you got to say about that? Uh, that's a good point because that's personal interpretation. Yeah. And if we've had trust broken over and over again, we often go into new friendships or connect with people based on they're not trustworthy versus they are trustworthy. So we look for all the signs mm. of them not being trustworthy. And that means we go on our previous experience where trust has been broken. Mm. Um, f- for example, um, if you, you know, I've had a history in my past of friendships where, uh, female friendships particularly, where they say they'll ring and they never ring or they never ring you and you've got to do all the ringing. Oh, so it's I really guess. hard. Yeah, or they say they ring and they don't. So, and that's consistent. And then you meet some one new and they say uh, say they're going to phone and they don't, you immediately go to, I can't trust them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you have no idea what happened. And then you find out they were going out and they nearly had an accident. <laughs> and then you feel yeah. bad because yeah. you go, oh, you know, it wasn't what I thought. Mm. Yes. Okay. So we have to be careful and maybe do a bit of review of ourselves. Of if I, if I don't trust easily, why is that? And that's that question of how do I know someone is trustworthy? Mm. And I, I think that you can actually re-script in the brain that process of who you can trust and mm. how you can trust. And we can actually test it out, mm. right, by observing people, by asking them questions and looking for consistency. Mm. You know, people you can trust are consistent in what they do and how they treat others and what they tell you. Mm. So it's uh, being able to look for those signs. Mm. And, I, and I love also how you mentioned earlier, Jennifer, that, you know, it's by, by what they say, like, you know, mm. I, I know personally for me, if I hear somebody gossiping and backstabbing somebody, yes. for me, yes. it's an immediate it's an immediate flag for red me. Flag. <laughs> like a red, yeah, a red flag, yeah. like a really yeah. deep red yeah. flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I agree. And look, this is one of the big litmus tests for me is that mm. um, when you're getting to know someone and are they going to tell you all about the person over there? Mm. And I know oh, if they're going to do that to that person, eventually they'll do it to me mm-hmm. right? because that's the nature of that person. Mm. Mm. Jennifer, I'd love to ask if you're the uh, the offender in yes. this particular circumstance. If you're the person who has broken someone else's trust, and yes. and often like 
I, I, I believe, and I think if I reflect on my past, I'm like, oh man, I've done something. I've done things that have been like malicious or hurtful to people. And there's yes. a way you justify it in your mind often. Yes. It's like, oh, it's not as bad as, as you think it is, but it is selfish and they get hurt or, or potentially yeah. there's things you can do that, that are on accident. Like it can feel like, oh, I didn't realize that would offend them. I didn't realize that would hurt them. Whatever it may yes. be, when someone comes to a place where they have v- voiced and they've, they've raised that, hey, like they, distrust you or you can see it in their actions or whatever it may be like yeah yeah how do you reconcile like what's the best we're looking for certain things from people yeah. but what where would be the best like what would be the best headspace okay. to be in and then the yeah. best actions that flow out of that okay so if you have broken trust and you realize that you've actually hurt them which is your question, mm. then you have to one own it you have to have that remorse or that wow. recognition that I actually, instead of justifying it and explaining it away and making excuses, oh, I did that because, and you Mm. think it's okay, you have to then say, no, just because that happened, I did hurt that person and I need to own it. Mm. Yeah, wow. Taking responsibility. Oh, that's such good advice. Absolutely. That's such good advice. Yeah. We've got to stop excusing it away and making excuses or, you know, like um, just, as you said, justifying it. Yeah. So once you do that, I mean, it doesn't matter because it, it, it's often we don't do things deliberately. We react, yes. overreact to people, say things we that can be hurtful, mm. and then we justify it. And then we're not to do that. And then we need to go back to that person and not stop just and let them know, I'm sorry, I was giving you excuses or I was justifying it or whatever you did and say what I did was very hurtful and I'm truly sorry, but you have to be truly sorry to do that. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you can't give lip service. People know lip service. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that's fantastic advice. I think like the owning up to it. I know that yeah. when I've been in situations where I've done the wrong thing, like and I have just completely owned up to it. Like I, yes. I, I feel like I have the ability to with most people immediately mend the relationship and move on. I think yes. I think especially especially with men. I think especially with other blokes, like if you're yep. just like, Hey man, like I I did this, no reason that I did it. It was like, you know, this was my wrongdoing, like guys see that yeah. and say, Okay, yeah, let's yeah. let's move on. It's this Depending on the person and the gender, it's often different as to how we need to approach it, mm. and that's that's a skill within itself. But if they're, say, a close friend, mm. then until you own it and you show that remorse or that I'm so sorry I did that and they can see you're sorry, mm. you cannot rebuild that trust. And trust is yeah. breaking trust is like a brick in the wall between you and that person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say to you, Jennifer, here when you said, yeah, it depends on the gender, three, yes. the three females here, all of us nodded our heads at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Very significant because the reaction is quite different, isn't it? And so yes it is. Now you're gonna cover about some of the boundaries with us. Yes. Mm. Yes. Let us know Um, some of those. Well, and we can continue on with this next week because that's a big topic in itself. Mm -hmm. But there are several steps in setting healthy boundaries. Mm. Right? But the the first one is identify the behaviour. So when when someone has, and it might be, it could be anything, but when people are badly behaved, it's hard to trust them anyway, even if it's not personal. You know, you ask them to do something, they won't do it, and then they refuse, and then they rebel, or they forget. It's hard to trust that person, and it's not personal, it's about them. But how do you point that out? And the first step is to start with the behaviour, what they did, Mm. and 
and find ways and you can do what's called a face saving way. So the face saving way is have you noticed it seems to me I've noticed that or do you realize and that gives a person up and say, Oh no, I didn't realise I did that when maybe they did, but they'll go away and think about it because you've exposed the behaviour. Mm. Right? So that's often a good way to do it. But if you keep doing that, then you, and they still keep doing the bad behavior or what is the problem, then you can do a, uh, a more direct way. You know, I've mm. spoken to you before and I've asked you to do that. Why aren't you able to do it? You said you would. So you're then more direct about that behavior. Mm. Right? So we don't attack the person, we attack the behavior. Mm. Yes. That's so crucial what you've just said, yes. that line, because yes. the thing is so often, uh, you know, it's easy to connect the, yeah. the two, but, yes. but the, it's the, it's about the behavior because as mm. Christians, particularly, we need to yeah. remember that God loves the person doesn't yes. like the sin. Yeah. That is, yes. it's actually yeah. incredibly Christ-like what you're saying there. Yeah. You know, that's exactly who Jesus it is. was. Yeah. It is because he hates the, we hate the sin, but love the sinner. Mm. And that, so when I've done wrong, I know God still loves me, but I still need to go and seek forgiveness. And that's where forgiveness is part of the healing process when trust is broken. Mm. And, and that in itself is a huge topic. Oh, yes. Forgiveness is a massive one, mm. isn't it? It is. So that's something we can also look at further down the track, maybe do the boundaries thing and looking at the thing of forgiveness, which is crucial. Mm, love it. Absolutely. Mm. Hey, we've got about a minute left, Jennifer. Is there anything yes. you want to leave with us? Any advice? Any thoughts? Okay. Well, maybe for the listeners and for all of us to be more observant of other people and a bit more gracious mm. instead of jumping to the conclusion that they've done something deliberately to hurt you, check it out. Mm. Ask them about it or, you know, gently probe to find out. You know, and often I found when I've been hurt and I, the next time I see them, oh, I had a really bad, bad day last time I saw you and I'm so sorry. And so people, um, you know, often you've got to look at what is, what is happening for them that, that, ha- that they did that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's like, that's such good advice as well because it's like, yes. um, that diffuses so much tension. You know, oh, if you have an awkward interaction with someone and you mm. kind of see each other and it's like, you know, the bit, bit, mm. uh, bit of, you know, some interesting looks and whatnot. If you walk up and just say, hey, I'm so sorry about what happened. Da, 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 attention diffused straight into it. That's amazing advice, Jennifer. Thank you so much no, for that um, incredible information. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.